Welcome to another episode of the Symphony Micro Podcast. I'm sitting down here with Zach Kosher, entrepreneur, founder of Nectar Social, a social media marketing agency here in Seattle. And today's topic is from zero to one. And what that means is going from zero, sitting on your couch with an idea, to executing that idea and being at step one. Yep. There's 10 steps. We're just talking about today from getting from zero to one. So yeah. start us off, Zach, when you got. Yeah, zero to one, man, that's gotta be the hardest of all 10 steps, right? It's um, it's that first leap. It's typically correlated with leaving something else behind and starting another thing, right? Um, I think it's I think it's hard. I think people get stuck really easily there in that first in that first zero to one step. Um, it's really about starting up a flywheel, you know, it's like taking that first few steps on, on your morning jog, those first few steps are going to hurt, you know, your bones are going to feel a little tired, but as you get going, that's when things smoothen out, that's when you feel like you can, you know, keep moving, you have that sense of direction, really. Um, building up momentum. Yeah, building up momentum. Um, yeah. I got a one point. Yeah. So you talk about building momentum, and I think getting emotions involved at an early stage is a, is a big hiccup that people hit. So yeah. just basically Jocko Willink talks about this, but plan, execute, plan what you want to do and then execute it and iterate on that. Don't try and connect your emotions to the outcome because early on you're not going to get far no matter what you do. Like we see on social media or on mainstream sources like, Oh, so and so is making money doing this. They're 21 years old. They have a startup. Yeah, that's realistically they got a bunch of help from people higher up. Yeah, or they got lucky or a combination. Look at you. You're wearing the umbra, umbras. Yeah, how do you say umbras? Umbras, sunglasses. Those guys are crushing it. And so for me, like looking at those guys, it's like it's overwhelming, and I almost get emotions involved because it's like, well, I'm I'm at zero when it comes to starting a business, but I do want to start a business. So actually, I can learn from you in this micro podcast here. So. Um, what do you got for like overcoming those emotions and not being connected to the outcome? Yeah, what I see so so often, I, I you know I work with a lot of young entrepreneurs too. A lot of our clients are, are like our age, um, and it's awesome. I love it. It's so much fun to work with people who are just young go getters. That's something different. Um, what I see a lot of times is just it's just paralysis by analysis. You know, a lot of people in those early steps and early stages, and including myself, um, I experienced this. You know, very regularly early on, um, which is just overanalyzing things to the point where there's seven or eight good options in front of you, or you know, good directions, mm-hmm. and this one has pros and cons, and this one has some great pros. But I don't know about these. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, and you sit there and you analyze things to the point where, at the end of the day, when you take perspective on where you're at right now, you're just you're just at start. You haven't even moved yet. You haven't even moved a piece forward. Right? So. Rather than sitting here evaluating and spending all your time doing that, take action. Take that first step. Prioritize action before evaluation. I think if you can try and fail, that's a quicker way, not only quicker, but a more impactful and long-lasting way of understanding your direction than looking at seven or eight different things, continuing to bring different options into the fold and having this just overwhelming sense of where do I, you know, which one of these is going to work. How often do you hear someone say, like, oh, I've got so many great ideas. It's like, okay, well, how yeah. many have you executed on? Right, yeah. Because an idea without any action is worthless. Yeah, execution is everything. We've talked about this, I think, on past podcasts too. But yeah, and I, I'm a big fan of, of any time I feel that level of paralysis in, in, in analyzing something, just stopping it right there and just 
I'm doing that and let's go. You know, what can I do to take action? What can I do to get to the next step? And then, you know, I think analysis by paralysis or actually paralysis by analysis, I think that happens even on a day-to-day kind of micro basis too. If you stack your mountain of daily tasks too high, you have all the shit in front of you, you don't even know where to start. You know what I mean? So on a more menial level, it's like, Keep your mountain a bit lower, make it make it palatable, bite off what you can chew, start from there. Yeah, at least you're taking action moving forward. Yeah, that's the prioritize and execute thing that Jocko talks about is like knowing what's priority number one. You, you're gonna have, everyone has a million different tasks that they wanna get done, right? Yeah. Knowing which one to prioritize and then just doing it and putting the other ones that are lower priority to later is so key. Like, so key. I find myself all the time halfway through a task jumping over to my other computer and doing something else. And then I'm like, wait, I'm not even done with that other task. It happened this morning. I was working on a podcast. I went and did some work and I was like, oh, I haven't even published that podcast yet. So yeah, yeah prioritize execute is something that I just think about all the time. It's two words and it yeah. just keeps me focused on how it basically like drives a lot of my actions and decision making. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And along those lines too, minimizing distraction. I think, you know, maybe the reason why you jumped out of that task is because you're distracted with something and then you sit back down and you're like, where did I leave off? And minimizing, you just, yeah. oh, I'll start this one. So yeah, minimizing distraction. I think distraction is a precursor to um, just you know inefficiency. So uh, I think we should do a whole other micro pod on like, minimizing distractions because yeah. there are some actual tangible, tactical things you can do to literally. It sounds simple, yeah. but just putting your phone in another room, stuff like that. It's yeah. Uh, before we move on, you mentioned like having being in this situation. We're talking about zero to one where you have a bunch of different options. You're early in your career, maybe, you, maybe you're maybe you making a career pivot, maybe you're just interested in starting some sort of project on the side, but there's too many options and you end up not taking any of them. Yeah. And I think one of the keys to understand here, Gary Vee talks about this a lot, but our careers, especially nowadays, we're gonna be working into our 70s. Like Our careers are gonna be long, and if you actually just realize it that way it's like okay now you can have some patience yeah. and you can pursue one thing and not be like overly concerned with the comparison to other people because it's a marathon man there's people yeah. and I, I, we grew up in uh, pretty affluent communities over here in seattle and i always remember like thinking about it like man there's people in the nba making millions of dollars they'll be broke when they leave the nba meanwhile there's other kids they're in debt in college that yeah. eventually will have more money and more yeah. ability to have impact and live the life that they want. So it's really a long game. And if, yeah, it's, it's an understanding that I was fortunate to come across like at a pretty young age and like, man, I'm laying those bricks right now. Like a, a big foundation for my future is yeah. like being willing not to like just follow what's going to pay me the most, especially like right out of college and just understanding patience is pretty key to yeah. career success. I mean, when you're starting something, it's not gonna work right away. I mean, 99% of the time, it's not gonna work right away. And I've been working on my own thing for two years now. And it's slowly but surely just kind of chugged along, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And it's gone in the right direction, but man, it's taking a ton of work and it's taking a lot of time Set to even get where I am now. Yeah. yeah. And if I was the type of person that would, was going to overanalyze and say to, to myself, you know, I'm not going to compare myself and say, look, I'm not, you know, where I thought I would be or where I, where, you know, where I'm seeing other people are that I admire. It's like, if I was going to analyze myself that way, then I would paralyze myself because I would feel, you know, discouraged. I would feel like I wasn't stacking up, but I don't pay attention to that. I don't subscribe to that. I subscribe to myself and how I'm pursuing what I want and how I'm moving forward. And as long as I can just continue to be happy and healthy and, and 
you know, excited about what I'm doing, that's all that matters, dude. Yeah. The rest of it kind of falls in after, but... That's a valuable lesson, for sure. Like, yeah. your only competition is yourself. It's only yourself. Like, yeah. you just gotta be better today than you were yesterday, better tomorrow than you were today. Yeah. I learned this lesson bouldering, mountain biking. Yeah. Like, you look to your left and there's a 14-year-old girl who's sending, like, uh, incredibly, like, something that I'll probably never be able to do in my whole life. And yeah. that's totally okay. But you know, there's some or something like climate bouldering problem, and you know they've been doing it their whole life. That's yeah. what they're the best at, and it's okay that I'm I'm not going to be discouraged by that. I'm just going right. to say, oh wow, like, look, I did something today that I couldn't do last week. Like that's what right. drives me. And so it's the same thing with business. It's like yeah. the podcast, for example. When I first started this podcast, I'd be sweating. I think you would second guess the <laughs> yeah. podcast. Yeah. We'd be like nervous, yeah. sweating. Uh, yeah, I was nervous as hell. Yeah. Exactly. And now we've done it a handful of times and. Yeah. built that momentum we've gotten from zero to one we're at step one so yeah, yeah. shit man yeah we just kept it <laughs> yeah you know put an hour in it's like oh that's kind of shitty but yeah. whatever you know we can compare that and be like oh it's right we shouldn't be yeah. doing this that's keep going brings me straight to my next bullet point which is like feeling unqualified or feeling yeah. like you're not good enough to start i think that's something that people are like yeah oh if True. i want to that's a big one yeah if it's I don't true. have the prerequisites right. to do what this job asks, like yeah. maybe you're applying for a job that says you need four to seven years of experience, like yeah. I have one year of experience, doesn't mean yeah. you shouldn't apply for that job. Yeah. And the reason, I think, and this is just my personal belief, and I've talked to a lot of people about this who are further along in their career, but yeah. passion and curiosity and being able to tell a story around why you're doing what you're doing is way more important than what your resume says, your grades in college, what school you went to. Like people want to hire someone or work with people who have a reason for why they're doing what they're doing. For sure. So I think just like having some, having some uh, passion yeah. is going to over, like that's going to be more important than like, like actually. Just yeah. Yeah. You always hear about those circumstances too, where unqualified or, or underqualified individuals will get jobs because they want to about the application process in a way that really showcased how passionate they were about working in the industry or getting a start in this field. So, I think that that does it, it, it is very relevant at the same time too going back to like individuals trying to branch off and start their own business or do their own projects um, I see that all the time too you know I'll talk to people that are like can you can I you know talk to you about how you started your business and I'm like absolutely I'm always down to have those conversations and um, what I see is like yeah I really want to start this thing but like at this point like going back to what you said at this point in my career I feel like I need to have at least two more years of experience and then I need to have you know um I want to be able to at least do the X, Y, Z. They have this whole plan of like when they're going to start. Yeah. That's negative one to zero. Yes. You're planning out when you're going to be at zero. Like <laughs> you're already here. Just start. You know what I yeah. mean? Like I, and so I hear that all the time. It's so hard to wrap your head around that one though. Yeah, it is. Did you struggle with that when you were starting your agency? Yeah, I did. I did. And, and what I, what I drilled it down to was like, yeah, maybe I'm way less qualified to start this than like, half, 70%, 90% of people that I'm working with here at this agency, I was young, I mean, I still am, but, but I, would, I felt like I looked at the things that were more kind of determinant of, of whether I could sustain doing this for a period of time, like, do I have at least one paying client that I can, like, at least hedge, you know, them as, like, client number one and income source number one, yes, you know, do I, am I fortunate enough to be able to take that leap financially at this time, do I have some money saved up, yes. You know what I mean? Do I have a roof over my head? Yeah, so all these things, it's like, that's the more important. Mm -hmm. is, is Can you create an environment, a scenario where you can take a leap of faith? 
don't don't bring in the qualification aspect of it. Yeah. I mean, there are you know situations. Maybe if you're a lawyer, you have to have qualified for exposure. Yeah, lawyers are practice. Yeah. Sure, I get that. But I'm more talking about you know like, hey, I want to go be a you know um, a photographer. Hey, I want to mm-hmm. become whatever you know yeah. like more of those things that don't need literal qualification. Don't have that time. My uh, boss, Chase Jarvis, says you've got to do the verb to be the noun. Simple as that. Nice. Yeah. To be a photographer, you got to go take photographs. As yeah. soon as you go outside and start taking photographs, now you're a photographer. Right. And you might not be a good photographer and not a published photographer, but like you've done it. Yeah. So he often, like, he just actually finished this like six week book club about basically what we're talking about. It's like he has this framework, and I'll, I'll mention it here because I think it's super valuable. You can take a deeper dive into it. It's a book called Create a Calling, but it's like idea. Imagine, design, execute, amplify. So just really high level is like imagining, this is a step that a lot of people miss and I think we should have mentioned it on this From Zero to One podcast because if you go straight to the design, if you go straight to planning before you imagine what's possible, you're gonna skip steps. Like I, I made this mistake for sure. I just went straight into designing and executing, which is, okay, I wanna be a photographer, and I'm just going to start acting, which is like, for me, it was showing up to a networking group, starting to yeah. meet people in the acting industry. Yeah. But I hadn't really fully imagined like what I really want to do as a photographer. Is it real estate photography and portrait headshots and family photos and senior photos? Yeah. No, it was not that. So I, I spent a lot of time and energy doing these things that it, looking back on it, yes, it was nice to have a camera in my hand. Yes, I did learn from those things, but I get reached out to by all my old clients and I don't even want the work because it's not the type of thing that I want to do in the future. So yeah. that imagine phase is pretty crucial. And then design obviously is like actually putting, like planning out the steps, executing them. There's yeah. a bunch of stuff in that. Yeah. And then amplifying it, which is the social media side, which is the networking side, like putting out into the world what you're doing once you're doing. Yeah, so that's great. I think that's a super cool framework on this from zero to one. And yeah, there's different books on that shit. But yeah, um, what else you got? You got any other bullet points over there? Or are we exhausted? I think we kind of hit it, man. I think it was just building that momentum yeah. by you know checking off tasks and, and you know if you want to be a photographer, if like you said, go out there and start shooting. If you want to be, if you want to have a social media company, just go out there and, and start you know sourcing clients and, and building a, a reputation, building a brand and framework and all of these things. And, um, just bite off what you can shoot, man. I think it's the biggest thing. Yeah. I was just having a meeting with somebody yesterday and they're trying to start a coaching business and he was actually got a mentor of mine and he's sitting down and wants my help with promoting it and like getting people to come and, and take his services. So he had these mind maps that he was showing me and they were so elaborate and so mm-hmm. immense. And the second I looked at it, I was just in my mind, just in a blender. Yeah. I would, if I was in his position, I would not know where to begin. And he, my maps of like all the different things he wants to do with the business. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's like that stuff is great to me, but I think you got to hedge it with some action because that mind map is going to get a lot clearer when you go out and try and fail or try and redirect. Like you said, you go out and you shoot some some wedding photography, you go out and you shoot some portrait photography for senior photos, and you, when you get done, yeah, you get a check, and, and technically you were a photographer in that in those instances. But at the end of it, you realize, hey, that's not what I want to be doing. And that's, to me, that's so much more impactful than saying, on my mind map, do I want to do it? Maybe, you know, not really. Yeah. You'll never know the real answer to that question, honestly, until you go out and try and do it. So take action. No energy is wasted, too. Like, yeah. Don't beat yourself up. If, even if you have spent five to seven years in a career that you don't like, you're still 
yeah. very early in your career, like I said, we have long careers and if you don't change paths now, I'll say it real fast, but I had a professor who the last day of class, Wolwak, Professor Wolwak, he, uh, he said, if there's one thing that you remember from my semester, uh, the full semester of college course, basically, and he said, if there's one thing you remember, and this was the one thing that I remember from this class, I don't even know the name of the class, he said, there's three types of people. The first type of people loves their job. They wake up with passion, they go to work, they're super excited about it. Yeah. They are the rare few that yeah. is just, that's awesome. Yeah. The other group on the other end is people that hate their job. That's also good because they know they need to change. Yeah. And in that middle phase is the people who kind of like their job. Maybe they're paid well. They might have some cool coworkers. Maybe you can grow in the office. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. But uh, <laughs> those are the people that are at risk of waking up when they're 40 or 50 and saying, where did the last 25 years just go? Yeah. For me, the biggest, biggest fear I have in life is having regret. Yeah. So that's yeah. a piece of advice that just struck me like a, Gone, you yeah. know. I don't know where that. Yeah, you gotta from. listen to the, <laughs> that discontent, you know, when you have yeah. it. Why are you having it? What can you do about it? Yeah. Is it is it is it reasonable? Is it unreasonable? Yeah. You know, Last thing I'll it. ask you. What, oh, sorry. No. no. Last thing I'll ask you is like, what sacrifices did you have to make early on? Because you going from zero to one, you can't go out and party at the bar every weekend, for example. That's the easy sacrifice yeah. to make for me, but. Yeah. What, else, what else did you have to do? You talked in the last micropod about how hard you were working, but there's yeah. serious sacrifices that you have to be willing to make. One of my basketball coaches, I told him I was going to be a filmmaker. He was like, look at what other people in that industry are willing to sacrifice. And if you're not willing to sacrifice more than them, don't even try. Yeah. So what did you have to sacrifice? Yeah, I sacrificed. I think the biggest thing is like a social life. I definitely didn't go out on the weekends. I was working most weekends. I sacrificed. I don't have a social life either. Yeah, I yeah I still don't have a huge social life, but I sacrificed I think um, hours for my family. I sacrificed hours for myself. Like per, you can see, look at it multiple ways. But hours that I could be like sitting on the couch, you know, uh, eating a bag of chips. It's not really an hour for myself. It's not helping myself. But yeah. you know what I mean. Just like those, you sacrifice those luxuries that previously made. Yeah, you. those those hours that you have that you can throw at this or do this yeah. or whatever. Yeah, whatever the time you're doing those hours is how you're spending them, I sacrifice those, and I definitely, um, I, you know, when you look at the career trajectory too, I, I made a sacrifice leaving the corporate world and all of the things that I could gain there. When I was in the corporate right. world, I wanted to get out of it immediately and start my own business. Um, grass is green, classic grass is green situation, because the second I get over here and have my own business, I'm looking back at some of those luxuries of being in the corporate world, where you're just checking in and checking out at five, yeah, five o'clock, you're done, and you're like, go get a drink, go hang out, you, know, you don't have homework to do, you know, but I'm like working at seven, I'm working at eight, I'm working at nine, I'm back up in the morning at seven, I'm working at seven, I'm like, damn, that was kind of nice when I didn't have to do that, and I made more money there, but I'm happy with the direction I took, it's, it's you have to sacrifice something, yeah, and it's not for everyone. I think if you're listening to this podcast still, if you haven't turned it off, it probably is for you to make some sacrifices. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you guys are very tough. You got a little extra time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's what it's all about. So yeah. let's wrap this one up. Cool, man. Yeah. Another good one in the books. Yeah. Cheers, bro. Thank you. And that's a wrap on this week's episode of the Symphony Podcast. And again, thanks for listening. TheSymphonyCo.com is where you can find the website. Sign up for the email newsletter there. And subscribe to the Symphony Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I also have another podcast called the Adventure Creator Podcast where I host long-form conversations 
with people who are passionate about what they do. So we've got Symphony Podcast, which is short form, tight, on a specific topic or around a specific concept. And I also do the Adventure Creator Podcast. So check out both of those podcasts and they provide a good balance. Um, and I enjoy doing both of them equally. So for now, let's wrap it up. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.